the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 18, recorded December 2nd, 2011. Automagically. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. It's time for AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of news and information and some commentary for the audiovisual industry. I'm your host, Tim Albright. With us this week is Sam Malik. Sam is a first-timer. He is the Vice President and General Manager of the Display Division for Sanyo. Sam, good uh, good afternoon, actually, and, and welcome to, to AV Week. Hey, Tim. Glad, for, <laughs> glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, with us again is Rich Fergoza from Fergoza Design, FergozaDesign.com, a blogger, a writer, and the coolest person I know because he just got his credentials for for CES this year. How are you, sir? Hello, hello. I'm I'm doing really good, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Very happy for you, by the way, for the the whole CES. You're actually you're actually a member of the press. I, I am a, a I, I think I what was it called? I was calling myself a faux respondent f-a-u-x since i'm i'm a guest <laughs> blogger <laughs> oh, but it's cool though you're you're in your in your blogging for for ce pro so correct so we, so we mentioned that and uh, also uh our buddy up north matt scott he is from omega audio video technically he's from london ontario uh but he's in the lower 48 uh lower 48 this week how are you matt i'm doing great and i must say i actually came north to come to where i am you came north again i came north i'm in michigan but i'm north of where i live I'm just confused by that. So, exactly. Uh, <laughs> today there, uh, there will there will be maps diag there'll be Venn diagrams at the end of the show. Thank you. I exactly appreciate where Matt that. Is. Yeah, it, it's it's not where's Waldo. It's where's Matt Scott's Matt's hair. Where's Matt Scott and his hair? So, um, this week on AV Week, we're going to talk about uh, the distribution model in Crestron. President Obama issues an executive order that says, "Hey, y'all, get on that whole VTC thing. Uh, get yourself a Polycom." Um, my question, uh, and we'll go around this, is, is uh, whether or not microtiles um, are the new revolution. And uh, Cedia, is is it or isn't it the organization of the future? Uh, but first, um, the reason we, we even started with uh, my conversation with Sam this week, uh, again, Sam is the, is, the, is the vice president and general manager of, of, of Sanyo, the, the display division. Um, Gary Kay, who is, who is uh, a, a pretty good friend of, of the show, um, had on his 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 blog and on the site this week on on Ray Publications um, a scoop according to Gary um, where he said that Panasonic who had purchased a, a majority stake and then ended up buying the the whole thing of Sanyo uh, earlier this year was shuttering Sanyo um, and uh, to to word, use Gary's words um, specifically basically says um, that. Uh, uh, for the most part, the Sanyo folks will all need to find jobs. Um, and so I, I reached out to Sam and said, hey, Sam, you know, here's this thing. Um, would you be willing to come on and talk about it? Um, would you be willing to you know, go, go back and forth and, and kind of explain exactly what's happening with Sanyo and, and with Panasonic? So that's, that's what we're going to do. And then and Sam's going to hang around and 
and put his two cents on on a couple of things. So, so Sam, what is kind of going on with with Panasonic and Sanyo? Well, you know, Gary published his his scoop, and I think he had a, a momentary imagination that he was suddenly CNN or TMZ or something like that, and. Um, the, the scoop wasn't that much of a scoop, and there were some inaccuracies. I mean, he announced that you know Panasonic and Sanyo were coming together, and that's true. Panasonic did acquire Sanyo. Um, they they bought half the company a year ago. They completed that last March, and so we've been in transition mode of, of planning, you know, how to bring these two companies together. And, and you know, just to clarify some things. Panasonic's paid $8 billion for Sanyo. Oh, uh, you know, so, I mean, it's it's a chunk of cash. And the main reason they did that was for uh, hybrid car batteries and for solar panel business. So they now have a 97% market share of the with the combined two companies. But, you know, after hybrid batteries and, and solar panels, then there's all these ancillary businesses after the fact, one of them being projectors and flat panel displays that – you know, our combined business is maybe uh, 200 or $250 million when you combine Sanyo and Panasonic together. And we're kind of a little bit farther down on the list. But regardless, that was announced a, a year ago. Um, there's been a number of smaller announcements about how Panasonic plans to have a single brand strategy and bring that all together. And apparently, you know, Gary Kay woke up. And, and I like Gary Kay. He's well known in the industry. I'm very familiar with Rave. Uh, Sanyo was a sponsor of of some of his web page uh, findings and things like that. But it, it was kind of frustrating, his scoop that he put out there, because he's like, you know, Panasonic's going to totally eliminate the Sanyo brand by April. Well, we're transitioning together by April 2012, and there's a whole process that's involved with that. So it's it's not being totally eliminated. Actually, in the Middle East, Sanyo will continue to exist for at least another year while we wrap up some contracts and things like that. Um, it is true that we will go to a single brand strategy, which is Panasonic's brand name, uh, April 1st, 2012. And it looks like the majority of our people have the opportunity to go over to Panasonic or, or at least interview with Panasonic and integrate with their team. Um, there is a uh, – they have a certain go-to-market strategy. We have a go-to-market strategy. And, and then you combine the two together using Japanese math. Two plus two equals two point five. <laughs> so our goal is to at least have one, you know, trying to get it to equal at least two overall. One plus one equaling two. Yeah. Um, you know, anything beyond that, I think, is is upside and, and bonus. But you know, we have two different strategies. We're trying to bring them all together, and and certainly our people will be part of that combined team going forward. So. You know, while Gary's a good industry guy and well-respected, he, he was a little bit off and, and maybe a little negative in his scoop. But, uh, you know, like I said, he had grandeur of being TMZ one day. So, you know, I think he got a little bit ahead of himself. Well, a couple questions real quick. And, and, and if, if, you, if you don't feel comfortable answering that, that's fine. Um, a couple of things. You you talk about Sanyo is, is, and, and Panasonic is going to go under one roof in April. What is the difference, or is it was it simply contractual? Why in the Middle East it wouldn't? Um, why why the 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 delay in in putting the Middle sure, East? Sure, it's under? yeah, uh, good question, Tim. It's it's absolutely contractual. Um, there's a number of government bids that we had been awarded, and there's a certain quantity and timing for them to implement those projects. So we have to fulfill those contractual agreements. We can't just walk away from them without penalty. Okay, here here and you. 
I, I am my, my main thing is is I'm I'm an end user and and I, I will say that to the end of the world I'm not an integrator um, so I don't have the relationships that integrators have I don't, I don't have the headaches and I don't, I don't understand the ins and the outs why not keep both brands um, again as an end user and my main thing is education and house of mark a house of worship Sanyo is is beloved in both of those markets um, where you know Panasonic isn't necessarily isn't necessarily you know, you know hated but but it's it's almost like Panasonic is there's the perception that they are a another tier like you know a Christie or a Barco and, and and so there's a price associated with that and when you're talking about house of worship and you talk about education you know money matters <laughs> when it comes to those two markets you know we have a finite a finite budget and Sanyo has always been there for those two markets, so I'm, I guess my curiosity is is why they would not throw away, but but and, and not dismiss because those are two very harsh words. But but they wouldn't necessarily keep those those factors in mind when they're saying you know, hey, let's bring these guys together. No, I think that that's an excellent question, Tim. We um, I work on the committee to integrate these two businesses. So there's there's myself and a few people on the Sanyo side and and the same equal number on the Panasonic side so for the last year we've been working on these issues and and certainly being loyal to Sanyo we saw it that way as well is that there's a lot of legacy customers end user customers who who love our product who are very loyal to our product they know it's extremely reliable and and fits their needs and and they'd like to continue buying it um you know, that's great. But, you know, being that we're on the receiving end of this opportunity, that's the nicest way I can say it. Um, yeah. You know, they paid eight billion dollars and they can name it whatever they want. Well, that's you know? true. I, and again, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, give them back their eight million or eight billion. So I can name it what I want. So. So, you know, if, if you look back in history and this is one of the points we used in our argument, you know, as we just tried to help decide what was the best thing going forward. If you look back to the in focus acquisition of Proxima 10, 12 years ago, uh, Proxima was extremely dominant and, and did very well in the Proibi channel. In focus had you know business plans to expand into the IT side and the retail side. And even if you talk to those former in focus executives today, they probably said they would have did it differently and kept Proxima alive and, and operated both brands to maximize their impact to the market. And, you know, that's kind of a similar situation that we're in is that Panasonic does very well. They have a very loyal uh, customer base for their three chip DLP and, and a lot of their other products. And on the flip side, Sanyo has kind of a completely different uh, customer base that's very loyal and, and, and likes the products we build. And, and so we saw it as the best of both worlds to just operate independently. But, you know, they have a an overall corporate strategy from Japan on down, and, and that's to be a Panasonic, you know, corporation, and everything is branded Panasonic to build, help build sales of other products. You know, they have Toughbook and security and, and flat panel displays and everything. So they they want that brand to be associated at all levels. So that's that's their decision. That's why they went with Panasonic only. But uh, real good question, good point, and we felt the same way. But we we lost the argument in the end. Well, and you, you know, one real quickly because this will kind of dovetail in, into our next uh, article. You and I talked earlier about the 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 distribution model. I guess is the best way to get into this because Sanyo is a manufacturer direct to dealer model. Correct. Correct. Right. It will. That's so, go ahead. 
Yeah, so we, we sell through distribution, but that's a, a small part of our overall sales revenue. We have 475 direct dealers. So we, yeah, we market directly to the dealers who deliver to the end user, whereas Panasonic's model is is entirely through distribution. They said, look, we're a, we're a manufacturer. We build stuff and bring it to market. We're not good at logistics, so we're going to use distribution as our logistics or as they refer to it as pick, pack, and ship. Mm-hmm. And that's great, but you know those distributors, for the most part, are IT channel companies, and they really don't understand the display industry very well. Or, or deeply, you know, when they go into a higher education type environment and, and what they need and how it has to interface and how the professors want to use it and that type of thing. Whereas, because we have the direct model direct to dealers, we're directly linked into their sales. We, we join them on sales calls and we help drive those, those environments. So, you know, the model is, do you go to distribution? Is that a good way to use those guys as a warehouse for shipping and fulfilling orders? And, you know, what does it cost you in the end is the question. I have a question because I, I again I'm not an integrator, but I have a good friend of mine who is. He I, and he and I were, were talking about about your your and I's conversation about the distribution portion because I had questions for him. He made the comment that when you go to a distribution model, you are eliminating some of that, not cachet, but but not and, and you are eliminating the relationship, but you're also elimin- eliminating some of that market uh, exclusivity. Uh, actually, he said, you know, now anybody can get it. Is is, is it was his exact statement? And I said, really? He said, yeah. Now, because when you go to a distribution model, the distributors don't know you, and, and so they'll sell the Panasonic or whatever it is that they're distributing to anybody. Is that is that valid? Is that an accurate argument? Yeah, it, it really is. If you look at one of the largest distributors is uh, Ingram Micro. They're an IT distributor, distributor, been around a long time. Um, they carry 500,000 SKUs. Wow. So, so I offer, my current lineup is 52 projectors. So I have 52 SKUs out of 500,000 SKUs, and, and they have probably 600 to 1,000 salespeople. So nobody there knows anything about Sanyo projectors. They don't know which lens goes with which product and what brightness you need, and at what point do you mount it, and the difference between XGA and WXGA. You know, you're not getting any of that where we feel that a pro AV dealer, somebody we have a direct relationship with, we train them on a regular basis. They, they, the ones that they choose their product line, whatever brand it may be, whether it's, it's Sanyo, Panasonic, NEC, Mitsu, whatever. And then they become very loyal to that brand. We have that connection. They're an extension of, of our sales force and of our factory. They're, they're hooked up directly. When you go through distribution, Unless they're a specialty distributor, uh, there's a couple of them out there like uh, Inter- International Audiovisual, uh, IAVI down mm-hmm. in Florida, yeah. uh, Almo, uh, Almo, ALMO in uh, Pennsylvania. Those are specifically pro AV distributors, and all they do is display gear and the related equipment. So the, the, the micro tiles and the audio systems and, and the switchers, you know, Extron or AMX or Crestron, they do all of that. And so they're very specifically knowledgeable to our industry. And they can recommend the right products. They don't carry 500,000 SKUs. They might carry 1,000 SKUs, which is you know considerably less. And they're experts in the products that they sell. So they, when, they know the SKUs, though. They know the SKUs. I mean, you can go in and question them, and they know them. Almost any brand, even if it's not one they represent, they know what it offers, what it does, You know the pluses and minuses, et cetera. Whereas if you go to an Ingram Micro Tech Data, good luck yeah. you know, to, to find somebody. Can I ask a follow-up question to this, though? Because this, this 
kind of brings up a conversation, uh, one of the podcasts that we had uh, maybe a month or two ago in that, you know, one of the issues, and again, I'm coming from the primarily the residential side, um, Tim and, and, and Matt um, kind of deal with the higher end, higher ed, and, and Matt kind of straddles both lines. But one of the conversations that we've been having is the eroding profit margins, uh, especially with video. And when you went from dealer direct, you have one profit center that you're dealing with. By going to, you know, introducing that distribution model at that point, even though they're specialists and they can help you and work your way through, aren't you at that point eliminating the need for a dealer to want to stay with that line at that point? Because they're going, well, great, you you just did this deal that's great for you, but really what's happened is I just lost money right now. You know, I'm sure your product's great, but I, I've now just eliminated even more of my profitability. How How is that going to be addressed? You're, you're absolutely correct because, you know, when you go through a distributor, the distributor is expecting to make – you know, just in round numbers, anywhere between five and 10% profit margin for distributing that product. So that's additional markup that has to come from somewhere. A lot of times it comes out of the dealer's margin and the dealer, you know, the one that interfaces with the end user needs to make a certain level of profit to be able to put a truck on the street, somebody to go out and install it, you know, a salesman to sell it, to get the right product to them, to put it in stock and, and pay for the inventory. So there were some profit erosions. And, and Tim, to go back to your comment earlier, um, when it's available in distribution and anybody can buy it, um, that also kind of erodes the, the loyalty for certain people to recommend or sell those products. Because, you know, once somebody gets a quote, let's say they're going to do a home theater and it's $5,000 to put a, a nice home theater in their house, you know, with, with sound system, or, or and they can go a lot more than that, of course. But first thing people do is take that quote and go out and shop it on the internet and see how cheap they can buy it. Yeah. They start to pick it apart. And then at that point, you know, where a dealer really should be earning 500 or $1,000 to install something, they might be looking at making 150 bucks, and they can't stay in business with no margin, no. you know. Uh, so it's, these are a lot of the factors of distribution. Um, Panasonic has an authorized dealer model that they implement. So not everybody can buy their product at distribution. You have to be a pre-authorized dealer in order to be able to buy the product. And a lot of manufacturers, I think, are implementing that type of policy to kind of control the flow and, and, and try and maintain some pricing in the marketplace. That does at least help curb some of those concerns that some of the integrators have. So. Right. If I could cut in just for one sec, um, you know, what my company does a lot of times is, you know, we deal a lot with distribution. Distribution's been very good for us. Um, I do understand, you know, both aspects of it, and we do have some companies that we're direct with. But I guess my question to you, Sam, is if distribution is so bad, and again, I use that very lightly, I still I don't completely understand in the argument of you know a customer an end user price you know shopping everything they're going to do that anyways whether they're buying a product that's distribution or direct because the products are out there um, you know in projectors a lot of times even if we spec something that is harder to attain a lot of customers or end users, I should say, are going to go to something like, you know, projection, projection pros and find a comparable model, whether it's, you know, in our eyes, comparable or not, and still come back with that same point. 
Yeah, you know, the end users aren't usually aware of, you know, distribution and whether products distributed or not. Right. Know, so they're they're blind to that, but there's a lot of um, not good quality companies, let's call it that way, that they take <laughs> they take the electronic feed off of the distributors, let's say an Ingram or a Tech Data, their computers automatically get the feed on the SKUs they've checked off. They mark it up 2% and then it automatically posts it to their web page. They don't stock it. Many times they don't sell it. If you order that, you know, if you order product ABC, they'll take your order and your credit card and then a month later tell you it's not available and try and ship you a CD&E instead that they do make some work right. on. So there's a lot of low-level guys doing bait-and-switch type stuff. Then there's a lot of legitimate dealers that, you know, integrators or dealers that, you know, do sell the product. They try and make a, a reasonable margin. And that's not to gouge the end users, but to make a profit that it takes to support, install it, and, and then be there for the customer after the fact a year later, you know. And most most consumers don't realize, you know, what it takes to support a, a professional installation, you know, after the fact that you've got to have some profit back there so that you're around to do that a year later. Right. Um, they just they just look at your quote, includes installation. They pick the biggest item on the quote and then go out and shop it on the Internet and go, oh, I can I can get that on eBay or Amazon for $200 less, you know. Yeah. It, it's and that's a no support product as long as you know what you're doing you can install it yourself great have at it and i wish you the best of luck but you know if you want it to be supported and somebody to answer your call if you got a problem you better buy it from a reputable dealer you know it doesn't matter the fact that panasonic is spelled with a k at the end you know <laughs> just like sony just like sony i, I swear it's, it's a rolex you know it, sell you two two for 100 so, all right uh, you are listening to AV Week. That that there was was Sam Malik. He's the VP and GM of Display Division of Sanyo. Uh, Sam, again, you're more than welcome to stick around. I'd love to have your insight on some of this stuff. Um, Rich Vergoza is here from Vergoza Design out on the West Coast. Uh, actually, that's also where where Sam is. And then Matt Scott is uh, is our buddy from up north. Uh, we're going to continue kind of this this distribution conversation uh, because a couple of weeks ago, uh, Crestron, our old buddies from from New Jersey pushed their prodigy guys uh the their, their line of 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 the i'm not gonna say yeah their, their entry level how about that control systems down the distribution channel um matt we'll start with you how do you feel about this because you have done some prodigy projects yes i have um wow all right let's just jump right in um i'm i wasn't overly surprised let's put it that way uh, I started with Prodigy through distribution. Again, it's been it's been great for me. Um, I am a fairly large believer in distribution. Again, as long as who you're dealing with is smart, I've you know learned who to talk to, who not to talk to, and more importantly, whose advice to take. Uh, that being said, I'm not overly surprised at this that they're moving it across. My issue and my concern comes from the fact that. Um, yes, it is a crusher on piece and yes, it is, uh, you know, their entry level product, but they're still apples to apples. That line is fairly, um, you know, when you're just looking at the, the basics of it and what it does, the control system aspect, not all the accessories, it, it's still a higher priced item than, you know, some of the other offerings from, you know, RTI or any of the other companies out there. Control yes, for Savant. Exactly. Yes, it's still, you know, a Crestron piece, 
and has that whole backing. But my major concern is that now that they've gone this way, it's no longer Crestron. It is now Prodigy. And what I mean by that is there's not a single piece of marketing on the box that says Crestron. There's nothing on the units that say Crestron. The website is not even Crestron. There is no reference to Crestron whatsoever. So for me as a, as a resi dealer, when I went to sell and spec Prodigy, one of the biggest, and I mean the biggest selling point of this system was the fact that it had Crestron attached to it. Yeah. So yes, I will still have customers who know that Prodigy is Crestron, and that will be a selling point for them. But for a lot of my customers who don't care, and they just don't care because they just they don't know what you know Crestron or AMX or any they don't know what these companies are, what they mean, etc. They just want the solution. So when I go to sell them one of these solutions, it does very quickly still become a very upper echelon solution, but with only the Prodigy name to back it up. So for me, that that's hard and. The only other slight issue I take with it is that, um, you know, we, we've kind of had a, a couple support-related issues, so we say politely. And uh, I even had a, a friend of mine from the southern states who called me like a week ago after this had already been announced with a, uh, a prodigy problem that I was trying to help him work through. And I asked if he had called Crestron to, you know, just essentially get their tech support to figure out as opposed to me doing it. And uh, he said, yeah, he, he called and was told that, you know, it's no longer a Crestron product directly and they're not supporting it no so, matter what their press release says. So how do they confuse them? Because I, I, my understanding is that it's still a Crestron product. So yeah. I, I would still – I'm in St. Louis, so I would still call Chicago for, for tech support. Yeah, and, and that's – and, you know, I'm probably going to get a call from my Crestron people once this airs. But, uh, you know, that has been my concern too. I've been on a couple projects uh, out of my local area where we've run into situations and I've called, you know, True Blue and got a responsive, well, you need to talk to your distribution reps. And oh, that really, yeah, and that was not a, what? A, well, now it's all, and again, this, this is just strictly my personal experience. I know. And I got, I, I have, you know, I've had a couple projects where I literally got stuck. In that, okay, well, you need to call this, and then you need to call them, and we can't da 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 da. And for me, I don't care who fixes it or how it gets fixed, or who rectifies the problem. I just need it rectified because you know, again, we're trying to sell this product. So that that's kind of, I must say, when I read that part in the press release that you know it was still going to be supported by Crestron, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That was the biggest part that made me say. Well, hold on. <laughs> not, not my experience. Yeah, and again, this is strictly my experience. And, you know, if my Crestron reps listen to this and call me up, I look forward to your call. <laughs> Rich, you, you do you do both. I, I want to, yeah, yeah I, I actually, I, I would, and interestingly enough, um, this might be one of the very few times that Matt and I disagree. Uh, Get this, this very well may be the, 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 our, our very own 48th parallel. Um, hold on, just before you jump into that, let me just say, Long and short of all my, you know, my couple little issues I had, they were all fixed, and we had no problems with it. And True Blue came through. Like, uh, oh, I see, had, now, now you're backtracking. No, 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 no. No, what I'm saying is, 
I have been stuck in those loops of you need to call so-and-so, you need to call so-and-so, I'm sorry, this is a distribution product, we can't help you, you need to call them. And me just following up and, you know, pretty much going through the whole, you know what, I'm going to call True Blue until I find someone who's going to help me. Because it is a crush-strong product. They are going to support it. I know they're going to say, you know, in the end, I will get this solved. It's just I have had the runaround to get there. That's all. Go ahead. <laughs> now that he totally backtracked into your corner, Rich, go ahead and, and hit him. Oh, throw me in the press. You know, I, I, you know I, I, I will say that for, um, see, a dealer starting out or uh, a dealer who is kind of focusing on that prodigy line and, and, you know, is basically combating the other ancillary lines, Control 4, Savant, RTI, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And again, coming from a residential standpoint, this one's pretty near and dear to my heart for a, a couple of simple reasons, is that I actually understand the logistics of this. And the reason is the same reason why even though Cisco bought Linksys, if you are going to deploy a Cisco ASA 5505, you need to be certified, okay? Yeah. If you're using a big device, if you're using a powerful device, you need to have the training in order to properly deploy the device. And, you know, this is my 21st year with Crestron. Um, you know, and, and it's, you know, I, everybody knows I've made my career basically, you know, salvaging projects that dealers came in with expectations that sold clients on but didn't have the programming abilities to either design it properly or, more importantly, program it properly. So... We were constantly dealing with the, my Crestron system is a piece of junk. No, the Crestron itself wasn't. The company originally hired to deploy it was probably feeling that they could afford to be optimistic because they read the material and went, gosh, anybody can do this. <laughs> this, to me, tends to stem around the system builder concept. And, and, and again, Crestron now has basically two approaches to programming. One is the approach that we've always had, which is simple Windows, which is their, you know, their, their, you know, their object-oriented programming language. And, and it is a plus. programming language in Simple Plus. You know, these are programming languages. System Builder was the approach to say, if you don't have a programmer on staff, or if you have a very competent technician, you can potentially you know, drag and drop this and let this and let this builder, this wizard. I mean, it's a giant wizard. I mean, it, it is. But real, real quick, that that to me, you, you have to have some understanding of logic, some, not, not not a lot, not as much as you have to do, obviously, with with simple, but but have some um, some understanding of logic like flow. Yes and no. I mean, the same logic that you need to program an RTI, because I actually... Well, yeah, I, I an RTI, it, when the first time I saw, I saw System Builder, I immediately thought of Global Configurator, which is Extron's um, programming language. Programming, programming is the wrong word, but their configuration tool. I, I immediately thought of, of, of System Builder, to me, looks a lot like Configurator, so... And, and with Prodigy, I mean, Prodigy was an answer to be able to say, you know, yes, we do have a device, and we will do it. And by the way, it isn't Crestron. And the simple reason why it isn't Crestron is because we have to be able to define a boundary of what this can do, but more importantly, what it can't do. And I think where a lot of the problems were coming across was that people were selling Prodigy as Crestron, if that makes sense. So they were saying it's a fix to the Crestron name, 
And they're saying, oh, absolutely, you know, for this unit, which is, you know, a third, a fifth of the cost in our wizard software, we can run, you know, a 30,000 square foot estate. No problem. We'll just keep adding <laughs> stuff on. <laughs> yeah, I've heard these stories, you know, where, again, you know, in an effort to, um, you know, be a, in a competitive bid or God knows what. I mean, I've just seen the oddest things happen where they figure, well, since it's part of the same family, well, it should work. It's good. And, and you know, they're sitting there going, hey, look, a P-amp 4x100 is X amount of dollars, and it's just as good as that 16x60 at nine times the amount. And look, we can just gang them all together. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a mindset. And I think what happened is from a support standpoint, True Blue then has literally people calling in who are saying, how do I turn this thing on? What yeah. do you mean? doesn't just automatically control my stereo. I mean, you're getting these calls. So from a support standpoint, from the reps, from the dealers, from the other dealers who happen to be in the area who are being affected by potentially, you know, these systems being sold in a different way, um, there's a ripple effect that occurs. So I, I was behind it um, in an effort to at least form the first line of distinction between the two, which is this is a prodigy system. The Prodigy is not Crestron Light. Prodigy is Prodigy. Okay. okay. We then have a device, which we can have it talk to Crestron devices, because, again, you know, they've, they've limited it to... But they've now taken that out. I believe that there's... That's, that's what my district rep told me, was that this is no longer going to speak to any degree with any Crestron system. I mean, if it, and, if it, and if it'll know, spit out anything. Well, unless, it, unless yeah, I know there's ways around that. But I mean, I know that Crestron is basically rebranding some of them under the Crestron banner. So where you have the Prodigy model XYZ, it is the Crestron model ABC. They're comparable in that the hardware and the guts do the same. But I believe in terms of the architecture and the communication methods, that's where they're going to start delineating a little bit from the software side as opposed right. to the hardware side. You know, again, kind of the difference between, you know, the Linksys router and a Cisco router. I mean, there's they both do the same thing technically. One just does it across an enterprise as opposed to a residence. And you Rich, know, or that, a small that, that right there is probably the best explanation I've ever had of the Prodigy line in general and, and why they're going to the distribution model. That makes sense. It really does. Yeah, and so. like again, I'm not I'm not so concerned with the fact that they've gone the way in which they have it. It doesn't bother me as much from again the business side. For me it's more, you know, the fact that that was one of our biggest marketing types is it just when you have that Crestron name that does help you market it with the Crestron name. Yeah. Granted, I've been told by, you know, multiple different, uh, you know, Crestron dealers that what I've done and what my company has done in, you know, our, our pursuit, shall we say, of Crestron has been not uh, essentially just not normal. I, and I would agree with that. I would, I would agree that you are, in my experience, the exception to the rule. You know, again, I'm in the heart of the Silicon Valley. And, right. you know, I've seen lots of companies, unfortunately or fortunately, come and go because they've, you know, figured, well, gosh, we can do this automation stuff. You know, we, we, we just programmed an RTI. We should be able to do this, right? Yeah. 
And and what happens then is that the again they they feel that they can afford to be optimistic and you start believing the marketing materials and you know because of course you know everything that you plug in just automatically works uh, <laughs> with with automation. Did you say and automatically? Automatically, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and again, that like that's been that has been kind of my biggest concern as well from the support side is that I ended up feeling and. You know, yes, we have taken a lot of training, um, you know, to to essentially continue to learn more about the Crestron environment, shall we say. But I fielded tons of questions and and um, like service related issues from dealers who literally took a one day class at their distributor and just as you said, jumped into, hey, we're going to control this huge house off one prodigy piece. And I'd get a call and be like, yeah, no, you're not. That, that's not at all. Like, did you read the limitations in the brochure when you bought it? Yeah. You can't yeah, do I, that. I well, and that... I think also that this is why Crestron is, and again, I, I, I had actually, I will admit, you know, I'm the first to admit, I fought this tooth and nail in the beginning um, because I felt that it was in, you know, it, it kind of took all of my experiences and said, yeah, we don't really care about it. But Crestron pushing towards their own internal certification you know, in terms of their levels, mm -hmm. where they've got designer levels, programmer levels, and cape levels, um, you know, to be able to say, look, we've at least verified that you have the minimum threshold <laughs> to be able to do this. You know, <laughs> we are controlling that, that we know at the very least, you know, even if you cruise through with a D minus, we, <laughs> we know that you actually at least read it. We know that you attended class yeah. where... When Prodigy was first introduced, I mean, let's face it, the, you know, the basic quote-unquote dealer requirement was that you had a pulse and, and, a, and a bank account with positive, you know, with positive status, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah, if you, could, if you could buy the demo system. If you could buy through, it, exactly. Yeah, you could sit through the half, half day of training, pay, you know, somewhat attention, and you're good to go. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, from the manufacturer's viewpoint, I, I'm, I'm hearing things a different way. You guys have been involved in experience with Crestron for 20-plus years, is what I heard you say. The manufacturer is looking to expand their market share and increase their sales. So from top down, being as involved as you guys are, I completely agree with how you're viewing it. But for them to expand and garner more market share and increase their sales and, and sell more product, more boxes, from, from a bottom-up standpoint, they see opportunity. They're going to find people who've never even known what Crestron is who think that this is going to solve all their problems or they can start selling it to areas they've never sold before. Fortunately for you guys, you get to go in and do the cleanup and make money on the backside to actually make it work the way it was supposed to, to start well, with. So, well, the, so in, that, in that light, Crestron's doing you a favor. They're helping you drive business for the next five years, right? Well. Yeah, but Sam, actually, Sam, I'm going to bring this up because this is very, you know, I, I have this conversation with manufacturers and, and, you know, with senior management sometimes about this. Where does your manufacturer accountability come in in that, though? Because uh, here's, the, here, the you know, accountability, here's, here's, the accountability is to the stockholders. And each quarter we're expected yes. to have the same level of sales or more, including increased profitability. So who do I send the bill to at that point when... You know, the, obviously, you know, the, from the bottom-up approach is great. You know, you added on 50 new people. You moved X amount of boxes. They've now, in essence, potentially sullied the name and the um, 
uh, the the equity, you know, the 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 equity in 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 people's trust, and you know, goes down, and now person B comes in or person C comes in, who, like you just said, you know, gives me five years of extra business, and and great, it, it serves my business model. I make my living doing this, you know. <laughs> but see, here's the thing, and and, and not to 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 split hairs on this i i see sam's point where yeah he, he has stockholders to 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 um that he's accountable to george feldstein's not accountable to anybody you know mm-hmm. i mean well, andrew and edwards isn't accountable to anybody these these are wholly um owned companies that don't have stockholders i could be wrong about the the extra on part but i don't believe so and that's the other aspect is that you know because they're private they can kind of do whatever they want yeah. to to some degree but you know, I think the the bigger picture is the fact that, you know, yes, they're bringing it down, which, in all honesty, we need more good entry-level systems. There are too many entry-level systems that are sold with this pie-in-the-sky idea of what they can do, and the end user is always upset because they don't do what they're sold on being able to do. Yeah. So the plus, like, my biggest plus with selling Prodigy is when I put it in, and when it's you know when that install is finished, I can guarantee that it's going to work the way I put it in and designed it to work. I know that that end user is going to be happy and it's going to work. And for me, that's you know not that I can't necessarily do that with RTI or URC or Savon or whoever else you know you want to use, but I can guarantee pretty much. When I put that that Crestron or sorry that Prodigy system in, that it's going to work. So for the entry level, you know, customer, in in you know essentially the Crestron world, that's a great product. And yeah, it, they can it sell is. more it, stuff. And it, and, it, and it gets and it gets them you know it, it gets them in the door for for some entry level stuff. We we got to move on to, to some other topics, guys, because we could obviously talk about this one all day. Obviously, this could be a show special. Yes, and, it could. Uh, <laughs> um, you're listening to AV Week. Uh, with us is Sam Malik from Sanyo. Uh, he's the VP and GM. Rich Fergosa from Fergosa Designs, and uh, our Canadian buddy Matt Scott. Uh, this is the type time when we step away. And uh, if you don't have a job, listen. If you don't like your job, listen, because it's the <laughs> AV Week job of the week. Hi, this is Marty Raymond from avjoblistings.com, and this is AV Week's Job of the Week. This week, we have a job from Crestron. They're looking for an applications engineer, and everyone knows who Crestron is. They're the leading home automation and commercial automation company out there, and uh, this week, they are looking for an applications engineer at their New Jersey facility, and here are the, the, uh, the criteria that they're looking for in this particular position. They're asking for someone who's an, uh, who's an energetic individual that enjoys solving problems and providing education on hardware and software integration. Uh, mostly the duties are creating and maintaining cases that detail all of the problems that a customer is having and providing all the necessary steps to solve all the issues. There will be special projects assigned. The work at Crestron is very audio-video intensive, and that allows you to work with and have access to some very exciting technologies. The candidate uh, that they're that they're interested in is going to it will need to have a knowledge of AV products, system design and control, uh, good sense of networking and computer skills, uh, excellent verbal and written communication skills, problem solving and problem analysis, and ability to work in the U.S. without sponsorship. Uh, they ask 
if you do have a bachelor's degree in computer science networking or electronic engineering, that's preferred, but it's not necessarily required. And uh, in form of a, uh, in, in lieu of a formal degree, Creshron would require at least three years of experience in any of these fields, particularly in computer networking or AV integration. So if you are interested in this position, please visit our website, avjoblistings.com. Uh, scroll through, you'll see the applications engineer position. And on that, you'll find the instructions on how to apply for this exciting position. Thank you. And uh, we'll listen up next week for the new AV Week Job of the Week from avjoblistings.com. Welcome back to AV Week. You're listening to Sam Malik from uh, Sanyo, Rich Fergoza from Fergoza Designs, and Matt Scott from Omega Audio Video. Uh, I, no, politics aside, guys, I don't care if you like or hate uh, President Obama. Uh, he put forth an executive order uh, entitled Promoting Efficient Spending. I'm doing the air quotes. You can't see me because we're only on radio uh, or on audio here. I sense them. You sense them. Thank you. I sense them. Uh, the basic of, of this is uh, he's trying to cut down money. Part of it was, I think, silly. You know, don't stop buying pens and T-shirts and handing them out at, like, GovCom and stuff. <laughs> but the other thing he said, and this is this is where the, the AV part you're gonna comes. See, you're going to see uh, AV Dawn petitioning the front lawn of the White House on that one. So <laughs> yeah. she's going to be carrying the sign. It's like I want my swag. You know what? I yeah, I love AV Dawn, but she, you know, she came back with some really cool stuff at, at GovCom. Um, but his thing was he wants public employees, uh, in, in so many words, uh, to basically hook up their their video teleconferencing systems um i've seen pictures there was uh, somebody did I, I apologize i don't remember what magazine did a spread on the war room on the ready room um of the of the white house it has a big uh, dual uh, monitor video teleconferencing system uh basically he's saying if you can do it in a, with a vtc do it because a VTC and using using uh, video conferencing is a lot cheaper than jumping on a plane. You know, Sam, you 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 said you came back to Chicago. Sam's from Chicago, which is which is not my neck of the woods, but yeah, Midwest is the Midwest. Um, does the president make make a point here, or uh, are we just making hay because the president mentioned um, AV? Well, you know, in my opinion, they've already spent the money on the gear, so yes, they should be using it. But I think Obama should uh, live by his own words and quit flying around the country for fundraisers, costing us millions of dollars. But, hey, I don't want to get off on a tangent. <laughs> he went straight into that one. Boy, that was just, can you put it on a bigger T next time, Tim? <laughs> I tried, you know. Matt, you're not from this country, so you don't have a vote. Um, no, hey, hey. <laughs> you know what? I can't have you on and not make fun of, of Canadians somehow. So Trust me. My, my biggest statement when I read this was, about time. Like, and the only reason I say it with that slight disdain is the fact that this is the president who prided himself on his use of social media how technical he was. Oh my gosh, check out this. I use how to use I know how to use a Blackberry. He probably should have used an American company phone, but that's okay. Um, he probably shouldn't have used a Blackberry. <laughs> well yeah, it would have worked better. But uh you know oh, it, Yeah, that would that would have been perfect with an iPhone though, you know, right in the middle of some kind of conference with the world leader. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Oh wait. Oh dang you AT and T he could have it on Sprint now or or Verizon. Verizon. Yeah, it could have gone big blue. 
or big route, I should say. But you know, again, this comes down to that whole. Really, we needed a, a presidential proclamation to understand this, that we should finally start to use some technology effectively. Like I saw that spread on, um, I think it was Commercial Integrator, but I could be wrong, um, on the War Room. And I got to say, I wasn't that impressed. I kept expecting to see like some really, really cool gear. And it was like, eh. Well, they had they had they had an AMX touch panel, which I was impressed with. I mean, the the fact that they have a touch panel, um, personal preference, I would have rather seen a Crest drum, but that's a whole other issue. Um, <laughs> or, or an iPad would have been perfect, whether it was you know the Crest drum, the AMX, or even the, the Xtron one. It, uh, it just 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 for clarification, it does rotate per administration. Does um, it? Some yes. administrations, okay. yeah. I actually uh, put a system in in the private residence for one of the. Uh, prior P, uh, POTUSes. So, yeah. You've been holding out. Of course out. you did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I did it in conjunction. I did it in conjunction with a friend of ours. Actually, the uh, the funny thing was that we had uh, our aspect ratios were big, bigger, in Texas style. Okay. <laughs> see, that's all you had to say. That was cool. But see, that surprises me because – and the president has never – okay, let, let's first of all <laughs> get things into context here. You know, the Apple – is only 34, not quite 40 years old. Um, so the, the, the presidents who we've had since, you know, the, 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 the revolution of the, of the PC haven't exactly been, you know, on the cutting edge of anything. I mean, you're talking about Carter, Reagan, Bush one, and then, and then Clinton and then Bush two. So I, I don't know that these guys are, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates when it comes to technology. So that's why I was impressed even that, that yeah, you know, Obama is the first BlackBerry president, you know. Um, he's the first technology president, I would say. And so that's why I was impressed. And again, maybe I'm making hay because, you know, the president mentioned AV. Well, I mean, it's it's nice. It's it, I mean, at least it's publicized. I mean, it, a directive is a directive at that point, which is if the guy in charge says, hey, you need to start doing this. Do I wish that there were some potentially more socially redeeming things to focus on? Yeah, but it's you know, not a you, directive, you kinda... though, Rich. It's an executive order. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> All right. You know, well, I, you know, I guess, you know, he's generating jobs somewhere. You know, I mean, it helps. Oh, Anybody that encourages the use of technology, I'll give him points for that. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Bottom bottom line for me is if he has brought more, you know, knowledge um, to video conferencing and our industry in general, the more the better. And and to Sam's point, and and not not to pick on the president, but he could. President Obama used to love doing town hall meetings. He could do, you know, multi-site town hall meeting. I don't care what VTC company he uses. And tell me that that wouldn't be a kick in the pants to, to um, whether it's you know, Polycom or, or Cisco now and um, Tamburg or yeah, life size. Who's, who's to say that, that they wouldn't have like somebody with like a little mocap suit on, you know, on the president's side and just some random guy is, you know, you know, some avatar of the president at that point. You know, it's it's Max Headroom, the Max Headroom town hall at that point. <laughs> that would be cool. Like, Fifteen minutes into the future. He does his uh, Twitter town halls. 
Yeah, but this Twitter town is different than actually seeing the president on on the screen on the other side of of. of well, I I agree, but you got to remember we're talking about a the U.S. government and b the presidency. They're not. You can't shoot him like, through the screen. No, no, no. I know that, but what I'm saying is they but, don't but, like to make their so themselves that vulnerable to anything. Yeah, you know, got, I, yeah, I, I, I would take issue you, with that, though, because did he... You, did you notice one part about this press release, though, that kind of fell between the lines? The is that the what the it says is, quote, no, oh. they should designate a senior-level official to be responsible for dot, 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 which means either they're going to pay somebody more to do it, or they're going to get another person in the bureaucracy whose <laughs> only responsibility no. is making sure to follow through on the executive order mandate. Did for you video guys content. ruin everything. He's, he's creating jobs by doing that. Don't you understand? This is his jobs program. He's going to create jobs one way or the other. Okay, now we need somebody to run the video conferencing. What do, we, what do you do? I'm the guy who plugs it in. I need yeah, to call I, Ma Mar got, Marty. I've got the IP address. I'm holding the key. Oh, jeez. The, the undersecretary of IP addresses. That would be so awesome. No, no. We have to have two because one holds the IPv6 and one holds the IPv4, guys. Absolutely. And then the other one has to be in Dewey Decimal just to make sure that we uh, we retain our historic... Uh, now, see, uh, you just lost yeah. half of our audience by even saying those two words. Yeah, but they're so awesome together. They are. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it back. It's kind of like I'm bringing Sexy back, but it's Dewey Decimal back. I'm do. I'm bringing Desi back. I'm bringing Dewey back. I'm printing T-shirts now. <laughs> oh, yeah, or it, it's a Dewey Decimal thing. You wouldn't understand. There we go. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to AV Week still. Um, yeah. Uh, from the Sacramento Bee. This is from Clear One. This is half. Uh, press release and have you know me asking a silly question uh, about uh, renewal units. Uh, Clear One, cool company. Um, their uh, their Streamnet uh, training course now qualifies to get people who hold a CTS. And if you don't know what CTS is, it's a Certified Technology Specialist uh, designation from Infocom, uh, the organization. Uh, there are three designations. One's a simple CTS. One is a CTS D for designer. One's for I. One is I for installer. Um, it holds for three years. In that three years, you need to get some extra training, uh, and those are called renewal units. Uh, well, StreamNet, this this training course that, that Clear One has, uh, the press release says, well, there it's now available for re renewal units, and it says because StreamNet is uh, is now a uh, an industry um, industry wide adoption. Um, I'm cool. I'm glad that 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 Streamnet and you can get RUs um, for for going to Streamnet class. I, I I don't know that this means though that that they're becoming more widely adopted because they are getting RUs. I mean, I, I and again, I I don't know. I've never dealt with trying to get uh, you know training in, in, you know from a corporation side or from a manufacturer side RUs. I just always assumed that when I went to training, it was an RU because they dealt with. With Infocom, does anybody know anything about how you get RUs? Does this really mean that they're becoming more widely adopted, or just am, am I am I right when I think you know I go to Extron, I go to AMX, I, I go to Crestron classes, and I get RUs because I'm getting training? Yeah, but couldn't any I mean decent manufacturer say that they've expanded their industry wide adoption by being in the industry? Doesn't mean that they're adopted by the industry. I, I mean, it just this press release to me felt a little. Um, 
uh, infomercialish. <laughs> yeah, it was infomercialish to me. Yeah. you know, and uh, you know, it it it. Like I said, the way that it was phrased, um, it led you to believe, like you know, there was a big fanfare, and they said, "You are now the stream net, you know, method." Yeah, you are now the method of transferring. What? No, what? What about no? AVB? What about, yeah, yeah, no, what about yeah. AVB? What about, yeah, I mean, even old Cobranet. I mean, all of these other stuff. It's like, uh, guys, really? So you know, I mean, I understand it, and again, education's great, and you know, you have to get your continuing credits somehow, um, you know, and if it exposes you to a new manufacturer technology and allows you to compare and contrast i mean that's great for me it was just the wording of the press release itself as opposed to the content of it yeah i i just that that was my thing too was was how they said you know we're now because we have RUs, we're now in is we're in an industry standard and i didn't right. i didn't think there was a correlation i didn't either i i don't think there is and again maybe somebody can chime in from uh, from Incocom, who can maybe you know clear that up for us sometime in the future. But I didn't think that there was that you know that that you know basically gave you the keys to the kingdom. Sam, did you guys ever offer classes for with Sanyo? No, okay. no, we haven't. I know. Learn on your own. <laughs> <laughs> I got shareholders to answer to. I can't educate you. I know how to how, how to how to. Thank you, <laughs> oh, gentlemen. Appreciate that. <laughs> we kid because we love. Wow. Good night. We didn't like you. Uh, uh, real quick. In recent news for Ghost of Design, sued by Samyo for. <laughs> <laughs> no, by Panasonic, which would make it even better. <laughs> um, from the Daily Doe. Oh. Uh, D-O-O-H. It's official uh, for those of us going to Infocom 2012 in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, the If you're going to be tweeting, and actually I'm a big fan of the whole tweet thing when it comes to, to Infocom. That's how I actually ran into most of the people on, on Twitter when it came to the AV world. People like uh, Linda uh, said Frembies and... And AV Dawn and and and, all, and actually Rich and, and a bunch of the and Matt and, and a bunch of people, but if you're tweeting about Infocom this year in Vegas, the official, according to the Infocom uh, people, the official hashtag is pound signed Infocom twelve. You can't make me do it. Why? I'm not gonna do it. I don't care what you say. Well, didn't I? Didn't IC11 have like some random European women's soccer championship also tweet along it too? Okay, so hey, you you filter out football. Do we care what happens in Europe? <laughs> Much like we don't care what happens in Canada. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know you don't care. I don't hold it against you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, you know, ISC is in in you know late January, early February. I care about that, but. But I mean, Rich. Actually, I don't know if we, this was on the air or, or before. We, you have 140 characters in Twitter. Okay, yeah. you just took up two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven of them. Are you kidding me? Why not IC12? I, I mean, come on, Infocom. Either do both, or go back to IC12. It's it's branding. They want to control their brand at that moment. You know, no. You know if. If you're IC, well, you're not Infocom, and Infocom, the entity, then just can't be promoted. I mean, that, you know, at that point, it's not convenient. It's about, you know, the brand promotion of what Infocom is. I mean, again, changing from ICIA to Infocom. I think you guys talked about it last week. 
you know. So okay, so so do ICI eight twelve. I'll do. I'll do that. Excellent. I I'll like that. that. Uh, ICI eight twelve makes sense. Yeah. That means FedEx is no longer Federal Express. Then I suppose. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. ICI eight twelve. That makes sense. That makes sense. Let's do that. I like okay. it. Let's start okay. a campaign. I, but, you know, again, the, the tagline, it, it, or we're just going to call it Matt Scott, you can't make me. Just the one big hashtag. <laughs> you can't make me. You can't make me. Jeez. You know, we had, I know we had this issue because I, I remember going back and forth with a lot of people leading up to Infocom trying to pressure them to let us use IC11. And I know when I was at the show, that was all I used. Just strictly because it is. It's. You know, it's Twitter. We don't have a limited space. Everyone who's at Infocom will understand IC12 or IC11 or ICIA11. What you know, what whatever it is, we're smart enough to know what it means. Well, and it, yeah, you're right. And we're, no one else is going to follow. It. What you know, it, like that? That's. I think that's the funniest thing to me is that I, I love our industry. I know how big. We think it is, but in the realm of the rest of the world, our industry is kind of tiny. There's not a lot of people in it. I wish there was, but, you know, it's still a fairly small industry when you compare it to some of the other industries that are out there. Well, and, and not, not to, not to too, be too much navel-gazing, but when when you look on, on Twitter, and I, and I do this from time to time just to see if anybody's talking about, you know, the website or the show – there are more AV Week, AV Nation people talking about aviation oh, yeah. than there is audiovisual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we will take them down, though. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, 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 you know what? It brings Not me down to brain, earth. It's just the hashtag. Thank you. Sorry, just clarify. Canadian terrorist. What are we going to attack you with? Snowballs? Oh, gee, yeah, that was you, dude. Mol- Molson, Molson's and overt politeness. No, my yes. mice inside beer bottles. I will you with my politeness. I will call you ma'am until it hurts. I'm not, sorry for saying that. You. Hey. 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 Hey, hold on, hold on. Have I said A yet today? No, I, well, I don't know. I've only been on the phone with you for an hour, so. Uh, you know, it, it, this one seemed like much about much ado about nothing on this one, which is like you know, probably it, it almost incites people to not use it. At it this does. Point. It's like my five year old. Don't do that. <laughs> okay, don't really don't do that. Great. I like I Info like ice. We're nothing but five year olds. <laughs> <laughs> I like ICIA twelve. I really I like do. You. Let's do that. At least, at least the four of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're the only, the only ones who follow each other anyway. Oh, yeah, so that's like, true. <laughs> Sam, do we'll you... We'll go to Infocom and talk, talk amongst ourselves. Sam, do you have a, a Twitter? Yeah, I'm a Projector Guy. Projector Guy, okay. Nice. Sam is at Projector Guy. Um, we'll, we'll mention that again at the, at the end. So uh, real quick, um, speaking of the end, uh, our buddies over at Commercial Integrator, uh, they're a magazine. If you if you haven't got, if you don't get them, uh, and you're an integrator, you need to. They have uh, a list, and they had the 17 Twitter feeds integrators must follow. And I'll, I'll go through them real quick, uh, and I'll just t- tell them thank you because they actually put us on the list. Um, one is is at Infocom, uh, which kind of makes sense if you if you're on the Twitter thing. Um, 
Another one is NSCA uh, Systems, NSCA underscore Systems. Uh, CompTIA makes sense. Uh, Project Green AV and, and Gina Sands. Um, AV job listings are our buddy uh, uh, Marty. Um, he uh, he's he does the AV job of the week for us, uh, but that's his his Twitter. DS Expo and DS Foundation, ISCE Events and ASIS International gives you an international player. Women in AV, uh, we are all a big fan of the whole women in AV and, and the wave thing, and and just about that, uh, I'll put a link on our, our website again because their their meet and greet is next Friday, December 9th. and it varies at times. I believe it is is seven Eastern is the start, and then seven six Central five uh, Mountain, and then four um, Pacific. So if you want to meet other women in AV. Uh, go to wave.com I think is the uh, is the um, the uh, website but I'll, I'll put a link on, up on our website and then AV chat and then you know he also mentions us you know the whole AV nation TV so I was I was very humbled by that so so thank you to uh, to our buddy Craig McCormick so well and kudos to you for you know being able to provide such quality information. Oh, I love being on, but but on top of it, I, I love listening. So I don't do yeah. that. I just get people smarter than me to tell me what they think. So that's what you three are for. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing, man. Hey, Tim, how about a shameless plug for uh, the group I've, I've got going on? Oh, absolutely. LinkedIn. Yes, 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 yes. Do that. Do that. LinkedIn, it's uh, AV Industry Professionals. You can search AV Industry Professionals. Uh, we started about a year and a half ago. We now have more members than ICIA with uh, 10,200 members worldwide today. Uh, great networking center for, for jobs, uh, projects, and staying in touch with folks you need to know in the industry. So Excellent. Yeah, welcome, you, welcome to join. If, you, if you're in LinkedIn, go, go there at uh, AV Industry Professionals. So, uh, and if you know, I'm not on before the end of the year, hopefully uh, you guys will be able to catch my guest blog instant on uh, CE Pro at uh, CES 2012. Looking forward to uh, hopefully bringing you guys some informative stuff and, and hopefully some very interesting and odd things from the show now, floor. Now, how is that going to work? Are you going to... And if you don't, if you haven't worked out the logistics yet with Julie, you can you can say you know go go buzz off. Um, are you going to be blogging straight to the CE Pro website? Uh, it's it's going to be a two step. Um, the logistics so far is that I will be uh, uploading to CE Pro, and then CE Pro will be uh, blasting it out, and then I will probably be doing some of my own in in the moment. Um, blogging along the way, kind of like blogging like I did the social media panel at uh, Cedia okay. as well. So, But I would say follow CE Pro, the, the guest blog section on there, and then uh, hopefully there'll be some fun things. And, and again, when is CES? CES is January 10th through the 13th. Uh, we'll also point out there will be other uh, much more notable correspondents uh, like Josh Siaka and a couple of other people there as well. So, Very cool. That is our, our, our credentialed member of the panel today. He is Rich Fergosa, Fergosa Designs, FergosaDesigns.com. Uh, give the people... Fergosa your... Design. Design. See, I always add letters to your stuff. I know. And what was the other one I did? I did RF Fergosa. Did that what I did? Oh, you're just adding. I'm, I'm just building new Twitter accounts to cover all of it. <laughs> Every time I screw it up, he's like, okay, I'll do that one too. Um, our, Fergosa, you know what? You hear what? Written on my piece of paper, it says Fergosa Design. I'm just an idiot and added an S to it. 
uh, forgozadesign.com. And, and As what of is tomorrow, you can go to both. Oh, <laughs> Squarespace should pay me. <laughs> um, Matt, oh, what is your Twitter? Uh, Twitter is at rfregosa, R-F-R-E-G-O-S-A. Rfregosa, see. Uh, Matt Scott, he's from Omega Audio Video. Uh, he has three Twitter handles, and none of them are my fault. Um, is, his website is omegaaudiovideo.com. His blog is mattdscott.com, um, and you can find all information there. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Glad to be here. And Sam, I, I appreciate you, dude. I, you, not only did you come on in the beginning, but you, you hung in there and you took some abuse from, from the us yahoos, and, and thank you so much for coming on. Our attorneys will be in contact with everybody <laughs> right after the show. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Tim. That is Sam Malik, the VP and GM of the Display Division of, of Sanyo. Uh, if you're on LinkedIn, check out his, his, um, his LinkedIn, and you are at Projector Guy, right? On Twitter, at ProjectorGuy. My name is Tim Albright. If you'd like to follow my ramblings and other things, it is T, D as in David, Albright, A-L-B-R-I-G-H-T, T, D, Albright, A-L-B-R-I-G-H-T. But more importantly for me and for the AV Nation crew, go to the website avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Go there, tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we're doing wrong, take our survey and check out uh, the this this podcast and other podcasts as well. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we've got two or three uh, new podcasts coming down. So that's all the time we have for AV Week. Mm-hmm.